Well, good morning. Are you good? Yeah. Awesome. Glory to God. I, um, before we get started into the message today, we're going to be talking about uh, today, uh, we can put that slide up there, healing can be yours. Uh, the truth of the matter is healing, if you'll have it, all are, already is yours, but many people don't know that. And so I wanted to make sure that people knew that, look, whether you have it or not, or whether you've grabbed a hold of it, healing can be yours. And I got to this uh, message and series. I, it's not like I had it planned out for a long time. It just would not leave me alone. I knew uh, that we were supposed to get into a series on healing. Not only that, but I knew several people that came down and were attacked with different sicknesses. You can go back to the camera now. Uh, we, we had uh, several people that were attacked with sicknesses that were either here or uh, partners of the ministry. And, and we just don't put up with that. We just, we just don't, we don't like that. That's not right. And uh, the devil can try all kinds of stuff, but that's not the way it's supposed to work. And uh, we stand up against those things. Now, one of the thing is uh, you'll notice that when we talked about uh, earlier Thanksgiving and praise, what I've been really thinking on the last few weeks is how much the Bible talks about and shows us in the full counsel of the word to be intentional and purposed. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says about your giving, you will be given seed to give based on your purposed intention in your heart, right? In other words, if I'm not purposed to be a giver, I'm going to have very little seed in my hand to give, right? That's what the word says. But then it also talks about uh, different places where it talks about, look, uh, like faith in itself. Even the word, uh, I'll come back to the faith part, even the word praise means that you do it ahead of time and that you do it intentionally. The, the root word there talks about doing it on purpose. If you look at faith, are we supposed to be people of faith? Yes. Yeah, Christians should be people of faith. Right now, in matter of fact, the word says that without faith in Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. So without faith, we can't please God. Are we supposed to please God? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Can I hear an amen if you want to please God? Amen. amen. That's good. But here's the other thing, because not everybody does want to, but it's good to get on that side of it. I want to please God. That's good. Amen. Good job. High five. All right. And then... Amen to all those people who high-fived me back. That was awesome. So, and then you see also in Romans, I think it's 14, 23, it says that if we're not in faith, it's sin. All right, so now we, we've done gone beyond what we should do, uh, you know, what we could do. It's definitely something we should. It's something that the Lord has commanded. And, uh, you know, if I was trying to get amens, I should have said, thank you, Lord, for the heat that's in here. <laughs> Anybody ready for it to warm up? Yeah. <laughs> good, good. So anyway, one of the things about faith is this. Is faith used when you can see it? No. So faith in itself is an intentional act before you see the thing. You see, when we apply faith, it's actually a purposed act before you see the results of it. 
all throughout the word, I've just been meditating on this, how intention and purpose before you see the manifestation is important. So in thanksgiving and praise, even that, that verse that I mentioned earlier where it said, if you don't you know, worship, if you don't praise, the, even the rocks will cry out. If the rocks natural response from everybody else forgetting how to praise and worship, the natural response that God deemed on that in that statement is to cry out. We ought to be a people that kind of should show us what we should be doing. We ought to be crying out. In other words, you know, I used to be one of the people that would say, well, that's just not me. That's just not who I am. You know, that's, I'm just, I'm just quiet. I'm conservative, everything like that. But here's the thing. I can either humble myself to who I am or I can humble myself to God. I have a choice in that. And God's choice, he shows us throughout his word, is to be purposed and intentional. Now, I don't just go up in the bank and while I'm waiting in line, just uh, glory, hallelujah, you know, and scare everybody around me and knock all the tellers out, out of shock. I don't do that. Right? Jade, Jade used to be a teller at the bank. Amen. She's like, thank goodness. Now, if he told me to do it, guess what? I would. But I'm not saying that you have to be strange. I'm just saying that you learn how to be purposed and intentional. And if that's strange to the world, but normal to God, be okay with that. Learn to be, that's humbling yourself to God. And we need to learn how to get intentional because so many things that we grab a hold of, we're talking about healing this morning. So many things that we grab a hold of are by purpose and intentional, right? So we're going to talk about some of this. I think you're going to see this come back uh, multiple times throughout this series. And I want you to know, like I said before, the reason I got on this series is the Lord just over the last month, healing has come up, healing, 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 healing. And I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm getting, I'm getting the picture, but I knew he wanted me to study on it, but I wasn't sure that he wanted me to do a series until this week. And this is the thing, you know, last year it was the same way with finances. And all throughout the year, finance. So at the beginning of the year, we had a series on finance. I couldn't get off of finance. I was preaching finances still in September. Well, what was the results of that? The results of that was in our members and partners' lives, salaries across the board as a whole went up over $123,000 last year in 11 months, right? It went up that much. In the members and partners' lives. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So I just went to the word and talked about some things that Jesus says about finances. Faith comes. People are now have the faith to receive it. We got intentional about speaking the word and preaching the word. Faith came. We applied faith and uh, finances rose. The other thing that happened was in debt, we prayed for debt to be supernaturally erased and over $917,000 was supernaturally erased in 11 months. Glory, to, that all, that's a good place for, you are the rocks one, either one. Hallelujah. That's bondages that people don't have anymore. Now see, people are looking for something real you know, tell me how it gets more real than their salary increasing like that and debt being knocked out by the hand of God. Yeah. 
Not to mention, you know, last year we had multiple miracles and healings. God's moving. God's looking for a people that he can show himself strong on. The question is, are we going to be those people? Are we going to be purposed and intentional? Well, I'm telling you that he's putting healing on my heart the same way he put finances. So what does that mean? That means that there's going to be people healed. Probably today. Matter of fact, most assuredly today. Amen. There's going to be restoration that starts and completes today. Amen. Glory to God. Well, all we need to do is we just need to line ourselves up with the, with the word. We need to line ourselves up with God. So let's look at, let's turn to Luke chapter 22 and verse 42. And before we read that, I want you to say this with me. Because if we're supposed to be in faith, the word shows us several times that we are supposed to hold on to our confession or our profession of faith. He says if you're in faith, he says then you say what you believe in your heart, you say. The word says this, and think about this. It says in the Old Testament and the New I believed and therefore I spoke. I believed and therefore I spoke. In other words, one of the things that's very important is that when you speak, did, it, did you necessarily see the manifestation yet? No, you started speaking what you believed. And they tell, it shows us this is the right thing for us to speak. I believed, this is faith. I had faith and because I had faith, I spoke. I spoke that promise out. I spoke it out, right? So this is one of the things that we need to do right here. We need to say, look, I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Amen? I don't care what your situation is. You need to get words of faith on your mouth that line up with the word. And you say it with me. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. So everybody right here with me, just say this. I may have come in here one way. But I'm leaving healed. I'm leaving healed. And I'm taking healing with me. I'm taking healing with me. Amen. I may have come in here one way. But I'm leaving healed. And I'm taking healing with me. Glory to God. I believe you. Amen. That's good. You see, even if we're in perfect health, we are ambassadors of God. We're ambassadors of God. And our job is to take healing. We have a responsibility to raise our faith for healing and for ourselves and others. I don't care if you've heard this message about healing 10,000 times. You know, we can get leaky. And all of a sudden, faith can leak out for that stuff. And all of a sudden, we need to pray and receive some healing or we need to pray. You know, here's one of the things that it says in Mark chapter 16. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. And it says, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, do not raise your hand, but how many people prayed over somebody outside of the church this year and you saw them healed and recovered. But yet the word says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Yet I know that if I asked people to raise your hands, we would have less than what we want. Definitely less than what God wants. 
But the word says, these signs shall follow them that believe. So in other words, the indicator is whether or not I believe it or not. And multiple times did Jesus get on to people for having a small faith or a lack of faith or did he just let it go? He, he corrected them, sometimes harshly. Why? Because without faith it's impossible to please God. So see, a lot of times what we're doing is we're kind of sitting back. We have this thing, this, this theology that it's all up to God. It's not. It was, and then he turned it back over to us. And he said, now you be active partners with me, active participants with me, and you start taking some action. Remember, he, it was you know something like this. He's like, these deeds that I do, you will do greater. Uh, things like this. You are the salt and the light. You are my hands and feet. You are the body of Christ, right? You be the light. See, he's talking to us. He's talking to all believers, everybody that is the church. But yet... If we ask that of the church, we're not seeing those signs of people that believe. And so what does that tell us? It tells us we really don't believe like we say we do. There's a difference in faith. One is uh, mental ascent. In other words, it means I, I know it and agree with it in my head. But there's a difference with heart faith. There's a difference there. Healing has a lot to do with heart faith. And many times when people have thought that they were in faith, they really weren't. And then a lot of times they try to find excuses why it didn't work for them. And a lot of times they'll point at scripture and they'll say, well, it really didn't mean that. It meant this. But I've found that the real answer is most of the time we're just not in faith. Have I prayed for people before and not seen them healed? Absolutely. Hand me that water, please. Have I prayed for people and not seen results? Yes, but I don't come back and say, oh, Lord, you know, you're the culprit. I don't know why you didn't do it this time. I, I do this. I humble myself before God and say, Lord, I see what your word says. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, even if it's myself. Amen. You know, lay hands on the sick and I should recover. And I say, OK, it's not your word that's untrue. I'm the common denominator here. I'm the variable it's me. Lord, shine your light on me and help me see where I'm missing it. Help me see where my faith is not where I thought it was. I might have thought it was here, but it seems obvious that it's not. Help me see where I'm missing it and get to that place. So we're going to talk about some of these, but one of the things that we need to make sure is that, all right, if we don't believe the way that we should in healing... How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the things I wrote on uh, Facebook just this morning, I, I sent, I put a little picture about the healing can be yours this morning. And I wrote in there, <coughs> it's important for you to be here. Now, if somebody's out of town, you know, or they're completely laid up in the bed, they can't move and you know, all of that stuff, then watch it. I said, then you can watch it here. But if they can get here, they should get here. Why, why would I say that? Just because I want people here? Well, I do want that. That is true. We need to be here. 
We need to esteem the gathering together. We need to esteem that one word can change everything. You know, if one person gets a hold of this word today and healing really becomes theirs in their heart, it's going to be hard to change them for the rest of their time on this earth. They're going to be lit up with God because they understand how good God is and how much he wants them healed. One word, one revelation can change everything. But what's the context where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? That's Romans 10, 17. In Romans 10, in verse 9 and 10 is also where it shows us to be born again. And it says, if you believe uh, in your heart, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But then it goes on to say, how will they hear? They need to hear this. And then it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But before that, it says, how will they hear unless they have a preacher? Right. The thing is, whether we can see it or not, as I'm speaking here, because there is spirit, soul and body. Right. The real man is a spirit man. As I'm speaking here and I can show this in the word, but we're not studying it today. There's more than just words and sound waves that are carrying across as I preach. There's spiritual things. The word says in another place that the things of God are spiritually discerned. They're not mentally understood and discerned. They're spiritually discerned. Right. So as I'm speaking, spiritual things, even in this place, are carrying into you and you are receiving a part of what I'm preaching. And it shows us that faith comes by hearing the context is and hearing by the word that was preached. So you being here is very important because the anointing of God is tangible. It's something that can be passed. And when you are here, there's a difference between being here and watching it online. If that's the best you can do, then great. But if you can get here, get here and be here because there's something that's happened. I want to kick myself in the tail when I think about times that I didn't esteem it and what what. Trials I could have avoided, what pains I might have never had simply if I would have received and spiritually discerned it by being there. It's important for us to be planted. In Psalms it says this, it says those that are planted in the house of God. That means you set down roots and you're not easily blown over. Those that are planted will flourish in the courts of heaven. I want to flourish in God's things. So let's get, you know, I want to say, let's get into healing, but we're already into it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The first thing I want to talk about, and we'll talk about this more as the weeks go on. We're going to show you time and time and time again how God wants you healed 100% of the time. The first thing I said is, is healing God's will? Uh, Brother Hagin uh, would say this. He says, Faith begins where the will of God is known. Think about this. If you're going to believe in something, how can you believe in something if you don't know what God's will is? How can you believe in it? How can you apply faith to it? And so he said, the first thing that you need to do is you need to understand what is the will of God. Now, in healing, we need to understand that healing is the will of God. And if we don't know that, and we need to understand that it is 100%. It is all the time. It is never not to heal you. Ever. Ever. 
And when you get that, now listen, I heard people preach this for years and it took me some years to get it through my head, but it doesn't have to take you. I was, I was dense. You don't have to be dense. You can just open up your heart and just receive it like a child and you can receive that. You don't have to be dense. Amen. Say, I'm not dense. Amen. I believe you. Glory to God. But healing is the will of God for every person at all times. At all times. Now, they might not walk in it, but that's a different thing. But is healing is for all people at all times. At all times. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking about this. Remember when I said that those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? If that's true, how come every time we prayed for somebody to get healed, they didn't get healed. And what am I getting at? I'm getting at we have a part to play in it. In other words, I know that's an absolute truth. And so theoretically, if I didn't have a part to play, theoretically, if I, if we didn't have a part to play, every time we laid hand on the sick, they would recover. But because I have a part to play, it shows that it's me that's probably missing the believing. It's the same thing in this. Is healing God's will? Uh, there's, we need to understand that as we look at this, it's going to become clear to you that healing is God's will. And you're going to see that maybe I didn't believe it like I should have. But okay, great. Now that we've recognized it, we can grow to the place of faith that God has for us. So one of the things when we talk about God's will, a couple of scriptures is this, Luke 22, verse 42. This is Jesus in the garden. And in the garden, he's getting ready to go to the cross. And then Jesus prays this prayer. It's a good prayer, right? I mean, he wouldn't have said it if it wasn't a good prayer. It's absolutely a great prayer. But he says, Father, if you are willing... Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. If you're willing. Now, a lot of people have taken that and then they've applied that prayer to many different things. Here's the big difference. Jesus at this point didn't know if there was another way. He didn't know if there was another way. And the truth be told, his flesh did not want to go and do he said, I have a will, but not my will <laughs> be done, but yours. My will is to not go do this. A lot of people have a hard time thinking that Jesus thought like that. But you see, Jesus had to come as 100% human to be the person that would be our example and to be the perfect substitute. He had to hear from God, apply faith in God, walk just like us. Otherwise, he's doing it with like super God powers and he's not a good substitute because that would be unjust and unfair. Amen. Here at this moment, what he's seeing is he's saying, look, I, I haven't heard from you if there's another way, but it's just like you and me. It's like, but if there is another way, let's do that, right? Let, let's not do it this way. Let's do it that way. He doesn't know if there's another way. And because of that, his prayer is correct, saying, look, I haven't heard from you that there's another way. But 
But if there is, let's do it that way. Regardless whether there is or isn't, your will be done. He didn't know the will of God. But see, with something like healing, it has been established what the will of God is. For us to apply a question towards healing of if it's your will, that's no faith. So here's the thing. We only ask if, praying if it be thy will is only used when you have not heard what the word of God is or the will of God is. And if you haven't heard what the will of God is, then one thing you want to do is you want to get in this word and find out who's responsible for knowing what's in this book. We are. Is God responsible for like osmosis pushing it into us? No, no. Are you going to get some by sleeping on it? No, it's, it doesn't work like that. He says, study to show yourself approved. Know what the promises of God are. Get in this book. Study. That's why we started the school impact. Why? So that people could get to know the word of God more. It's not about getting degrees necessarily. It's about learning the one who taught us how to prosper, taught us how to have victory in every circumstance, taught us those things. We want to get to know him better, know his promises, know how these kingdom principles work so that when there's somebody, a co-worker that needs some healing, we know how to get that thing manifested. But the prayer, if, is if it be thy will, is reserved only for things that we don't know. And there are some things as we go along that we won't know. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to healing, when it comes to prosperity, those things are clearly lined out in the Bible. We can go through and I can show you where they are. They are clearly protection, Deliverance, all of these are a part of the gift of salvation. They're for every believer. And even think about this, all the people that Jesus healed, none of them were believers. It was for the world. The believers carry it to the world. You're the light of the world. You're the light. Now, let's look at this uh, scripture, James chapter 4. Just give you one more example of this. James chapter 4. And verse 13. Now read this. Uh, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a city, such such a city, and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you, know, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. What he's saying is, that when we say, man, next year I'm going to make a million bucks or next year I'm going to do this or, you know, next month I'm going to do this. We're boasting when we say that if we haven't heard that from the Lord. Right. And he's saying that we should pray if it be thy will. On things we haven't heard from God. On things we haven't heard from God. Not if it be thy will, on things that are clearly established. 
For example, how many of you want to go to heaven and be with God? How, uh, how many don't want to go to hell? That's a good, yeah, all right. Now, how many of you would like to say, I'm going to heaven? I'm going to heaven. Now, if we applied the same logic of if it be thy will to everything, even if it's established, could you say, I'm going to heaven with confidence? You'd have to say, I'm going to heaven if it be thy will. The problem is there's no faith in that because you can know to go to heaven by faith. So see, if we apply that same logic, you're not going to heaven. Just like you might not have been healed. Does that make sense? All right. So who could say I'm going to heaven if that was the same? Again, praying if it be thy will is only used where you have not heard the word of God. And we have a responsibility to get in this word, know what he has promised and get after it. Be active on it. Be intentional. Let's look at Exodus chapter 15. So let's look at now Exodus 15, 26. Let's look now on the will of God concerning healing. In your notes it says, He is Jehovah Rapha, your God of healing. Verse 26 in Exodus 15 says, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases that I put on the Egyptians. Is it New Living? Yeah, good. Let me read it from there. He says, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptian, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Now in the original language, Hebrew right there, the Lord who heals you is the words in Hebrew, Jehovah Rapha. Okay. Now my Hebrew pronunciation might not be exact. And if there's any scholars, I apologize. But Jehovah Rapha is how we would say it in English. Right. And that word literally means I am and then Remember when he talked to Moses and said, I am that I am sent you? He said, Jehovah sent you, right? I am, and then he says, healing, right? In other words, I am healing. I am the God of healing. We've heard it this way. He is the God who heals us the way it's written here. But I want you to see this. In the uh, literal translation, it says this. For I, it's not just I'm the one who can heal you. He says, I'm the one who is your healer. And what he's also saying like this in context of the word is, I am healing. And in the literal translation, it says this, I am Je Jehovah who am healing you. In other words, I'm healing you right now and all the time. I'm in the process of healing. This is who God is. This is who he is. In other words, for me to say that I don't know if it's God's will to heal me is to say that I don't know him. I don't know him. That's right. It is. Because this is, see, when people would use words in their names, wouldn't they describe you know, who they were, what they did? 
like a smith would a lot of times be like a blacksmith or a, a wheel right. So right, you know, our last name. It would be people that would be craftsmen at that. God disclosed himself to the world by the names of himself. And when he pronounced those names, he was that forever. And he said, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you, the Lord who is healing you. In other words, what he is saying to you is, I am healing. I am healing. It's who I am. Listen, you can't separate healing and God. They are the same. Glory to God. They're the same. I wrote this down. He is our God who is healing. God is not just a healer. He is healing itself. To come into the presence of God is to come into healing. There's no other choice. He is a healer. Now, I know that there may be some people watching, they've never heard this teaching, and maybe they've even heard preaching opposite this. And this is the point where you have to say right here, am I going to believe what men have told me, or am I going to believe what the Word says? You've got to decide which one you're going to humble yourself to. And I understand that. I've been at that place, and I, I I have mercy for that. But at the same time, this is humility. Not that we act all weak, but humility. Actually, weakness is not a part of humility, really. Meekness is, but not weakness, and they're different. Humility is, I will humble myself to what the Lord says. Not what I've been taught, not even what I want to believe. Maybe I've grown up all my life believing that sometimes God would heal and sometimes not. And I know if that's the case, right now I'm treading on your nerves. I realize it. And here's why. Let me show you why, spiritually. Because every one of us has a shield of faith. And we believe in certain things. And your belief up to this point has been maybe opposite of what I'm talking about. Right? And what the Lord is doing, Hebrews 12, 11, says that all correction is sorrowful. All discipline is sorrowful for a moment. In other words, what that shows is that God will put your, his finger on your flesh and he'll start to apply pressure to the beliefs that are wrong in us. I know I'm crossing, I can feel it. I'm crossing that line for some people right now. That's okay. Just sit there, let the word build faith in you. And give yourself not to the things that you don't be right and miss God. Don't be right in your own mind and miss God. Be right because you humbled yourself to the word. So humble yourself to what the word says. I'm just going to give you the word. You know, if I say something that's outside the word, you don't have to listen to that. But if I give you scripture, that's what I want you to pay attention to. Amen. 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 I know I'm, and I, I have mercy for that. But at the same time, there comes a time where you have to decide, I'm going to stop listening to what I've been taught and I'm going to stop listening to who I think I am and I'm going to listen to who God has made me to be and walk in the things that are normal to him. So listen, God is not just a healer. He is healing itself. To have God is to have healing. So if we have received Christ, you have received healing. To be in God is to be in healing, to be healed. 
You are healed. If you're in him, you're healed. Now, this is a, this is a point of separation. Many people, they don't understand the difference here between spiritual and physical. And so they'll go, well, if I'm healed, then why is my arm floppy, right? We can talk about that later, and there's a reason. But what you're paying attention to is sight and not what the Word says. We live by faith, not by sight, all right? So pay attention more to what God has done for you in the spirit, man. And when you get it in your spirit, man, it will manifest in the physical man. Amen? All right. To be in Christ is to be healed. To be in Christ is to be healed. Are you in Christ if you're a believer? Yes. Then you're healed. You are seated. Doesn't the word also say that if you are in Christ, this is in Ephesians chapter 2. Doesn't the word also say that if you are in Christ, you are seated with him in heavenly places? Well, you're sitting right in front of me. Well, that's just crazy. God must be telling a lie. I don't think so. No, he's talking about the spirit man. He's talking about the spirit man, the place of position and authority. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And in healing, you are seated with him in all the fullness of Christ. Christ is not sick anymore. All that sickness stayed in the grave. All of that stayed on the cross in Jesus' name. He's not sick anymore. He's alive. He is healed. He is whole. And you are in him. Glory to God. You are healed. Healing is who God is. Now let's turn to Isaiah 53, 4. Glory to God. During this series, several things are going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Several things are going to happen. Those old, shabby pieces of the shield of faith are going to be rebuilt for people on healing. You're going to have the, the threads of your shield of faith backed by the power that will hold it strong. And when the devil launches fiery darts at you, they won't pierce your shield of faith because it's based on the word, not based off of your thinking or some preacher's thinking or grandma's thinking. It's going to be based on the word. And that will give you your foundation, your stronghold, and so your shield, if you will humble yourself to the seed of the word... It will bring life up in you and it will, it will fulfill that shield of faith in terms of healing. Now other things are going to happen is while we're speaking, faith is going to be released. Some of you might can feel it already. Faith for healing is going to be released in you, right? If you feel faith in you or for healing, you just right there. You don't wait till I'm finished preaching and ask for people to come up. You feel faith for healing. You just say, Lord, I receive your healing right now. There's going to be healings that are going to take place just while we're preaching. Just while we're preaching. Then we're going to pray for people and they're going to go out of here different, healed, well than the way that they came in. In Jesus' name. That's what's going to happen during this series. It can happen to you today. It can happen to you next week or maybe a few weeks. But it's going to happen as you intentionally grab a hold of it with your faith. 
So when you feel that faith, you just say, Lord, right now, I just receive healing for my knee. I receive, as a matter of fact, earlier, right now, earlier we had a word of somebody who's connected here. And they said they believe that somebody was having stomach issues and stomach problems, uh, even having pain in uh, maybe digestion and stuff like that. But their stomach was hurting. Is there anybody in here right now that you're feeling that and, and you, want, you want relief from that? Anybody? I believe it is somebody. I believe the word was right. You might be shy. But here's the thing. Would you rather be shy or be in pain? Anybody right now that's saying, man, I've been having trouble digesting. I've been having pain. Anybody, just raise your hand. I'll come pray for you real quick. Okay, all right. Amen. Lord, we just thank you. Glory to God. Father, I just thank you for that healing. It's all right. Just let me see your hand. Lord, we just declare healing. Is it hurting you right now? No? Okay. Lord, we just declare healing in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Father, for that word. Digestion be in every way. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, body, line up with the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, let your anointing bring freedom to any captivity in pain and suffering. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord's been touching y'all's family recently. Glory to God. Amen. Somebody else? Amen. Yeah, amen. Glory. I'm going to ask you just to stand right there. See, when we do things, it doesn't have to be according to somebody else's order. Amen. Just raise your hand. And when I lay hands on you, you just believe that you are receiving and have received healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your healing touch. Are you in pain right now? No. Were you? It's been ongoing? Okay. All right. Healing be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your virtue and your power. It's not me. It's Jesus and what he did and what he carried on that cross in the name of Jesus. And just touch your stomach right there. Now, if you feel the anointing, I want you to tell me to just shake your head, okay? But Lord, right now, let that release that anointing into her belly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Do you feel that? You don't have to. <laughs> Do you know or not know? Don't know? Okay, good. I can sense this why I was asking. Body, be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Did you feel it then? Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So now I have re received healing. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Make it yours. Be intentional. Glory to God.
Thank you, Father, for your goodness. So in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5, it starts to prophesy about Jesus. And it prophesies that Jesus would be uh, this atonement for people. That Jesus would be this completion for people. And so here in Isaiah 53, it says, Surely, surely our griefs, right? I'm going to read it out of the message. It says, but the fact is, it was our pains he carried. The fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the, wrong, the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him, talking about Jesus, for his own failures. But it was our sins that did it to him that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishments and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We get healed. See, and you think about it, we have knowledge that Jesus was the Messiah and that it was our, we already, most of us already know that it was our sins. But think about it from the Jews' perspective when this prophecy was made. They thought he was getting punished for trying to rise up against the government. And he should be punished because he shouldn't be a rabble rouser. Can't believe that. But all he was doing was doing the good things of God, going around and healing people, telling them that the kingdom is here. And he said, hey, it says, but we thought that he messed up. But no, that's not what actually was happening. He was carrying our wrongs, carrying our sins and carrying our sicknesses and our diseases. In the King James, it says this in verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. This is not waiting on it. We are healed. Once this prophecy comes true, we are healed. There's even some people that look to the future from this prophecy and received, they received the prophecy about Jesus and received some of his forgiveness and received some of his power, right? David, King David did that. Here's, here it is in Acts 10, 38. This is a summary of what Jesus did. One of the best verses. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. In the King James it says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And before we go any further, I just want to remind you that Jesus was our perfect substitute and showed us how to walk. And so when, some of you will grab a hold of this, when he was anointed and filled with the Holy Ghost and power, he was showing us how we should walk. Filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with power. That's for every believer, not just a preacher. That's for every believer. He was showing us that anybody could go after the Lord and be filled and filled with power. Wouldn't you like to, to start seeing some of this be real? I can hear. Wouldn't you like to see? I can, some, I can hear somebody's heart. Can't, wouldn't you like for this to be real? That there be something to this? Well, me too. 
It's why I kept, stop making excuses for it not being. And I got in the Word and started believing until it started showing up real in our lives. You can walk in the reality of God because He's made you to be like that. He said He was the firstborn of many brothers. You'll do these works and greater will you do. It's about time that the church rises up to be real, to walk in God's normal, to walk in that healing. And even if you disagree with me right now, I know that there's something on the inside of you saying, I wish that was true. And a lot of times if somebody's disagreeing, they have to put down a lot of their thinking and say, I was wrong in order for it to be true. But it being true is much better, much better than you staying in that place. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Now who's speaking here? Actually, Luke is writing it, but who's, who's giving Luke the inspiration? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is. So the Holy Ghost is speaking. God is speaking. And here's what he declared about Jesus. Jesus was doing good. Well, let's see how he was doing good. How does God define the good that he was doing? It's right after that. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And God was with him. Healing all. So in other words, first thing, God equated healing with good. Healing, good. Sickness, bad. Healing, good. Sickness, bad. Amen. And if you just get that, over in, over in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus is not the thief. He's not stealing, he's not killing, he's not destroying, and that's what sickness and disease does. It steals life. It destroys life. It brings lack. God's not into that. But Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life, and not just have it, but have it abundantly. Job descriptions of the devil and Jesus. We've, we've said it many times. Jesus good, devil bad, right? Uh, it, it's real simple, but you'd be amazed at how many people get this mixed up when they get home. It's like, well, maybe God's doing this to me. No, God's not doing it. God good. <laughs> devil bad. It's amazing how much theology that would straighten up if people would get a hold of that one thing. Yep. Am I messing with you? Sure. But you know what? There's a whole bunch of people that need to know it. Because you need to know it not just on Sunday morning, you amen it well, but come Thursday and Friday, sometimes we forget. And we need something simple to hold on to. You're gonna, somebody's going to hear my voice this week. Devil bad, God good. And somebody's going to get that. And they're going to, you're right. And you're going to remember, this is not God. This sickness is not God. This is not God. God anointed Jesus to go about doing good, healing some who were oppressed of the devil. Oh, oh, did I say it wrong? All who were oppressed by the devil. This is the will of God. Everyone that would be healed, they were healed. Remember, the only place it really talks about where there couldn't be a lot healed was in Nazareth. And that's when they, they did not esteem him. They did not esteem who he was and what he brought. 
See, that's where the church has been. We haven't esteemed him as a good, loving father that is healing. That is healing. But then not only that, but it says he's healing who? The ones who were oppressed of the devil. In other words, what he's saying is sickness is an oppression. And Jesus came to bring freedom. And if there's any kind of oppression and any kind of bondage, Jesus showed up to destroy it. Glory to God. He wants to destroy oppression in your life. He wants to destroy oppression in your family's life. He wants to destroy oppression in your spouse's life. He wants to destroy and break every yoke in your friend's and co-worker's life. That's what he came to do. It's about time that we as the church stood up into our place as ambassadors and started living this. And stop talking about it. And live it. Later on, the Bible says this. He says, look, you say you have faith, but you have no works. I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, we can say we believe all day long, but the word says this, those that believe lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So are we seeing it? See, this is a good challenge. This is, this is that Hebrews 12, 11, where the Lord, all discipline is sorrowful for a moment. It's okay. He, he puts his finger right on that thing in us and says, you need to grow in this. And if we'll humble ourselves to that, we'll grow and we'll grow and we'll grow. And then God will start sending people that need a touch, that need something. And all of a sudden they will have found the right place. The person carrying the light. The person carrying the power. The person carrying the anointing. And it's not because they were all so special. It's because Jesus said you could be special in his kingdom. That you could be one of his children by faith. And you could walk it out as his ambassador. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, if you will give yourself, give yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's, it's the least you should do. If you'll give yourself and don't be pressed into the thinking of the world and even the world's churches, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that only comes one way. You renew your mind by the washing of the water of the word. So if you're in a church that's washing you with the word, then you're good. But if you're one that's not washing you with the word, they're given more opinion and they're given theology that they learn, but it's not based on the word then you're going to have a hard time transforming. But if you'll do that and give yourself as a living sacrifice, transformed by the word, it says that you will prove that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, when we give ourselves, when we allow the pressure of God, his finger to point out something and we allow his change to happen because of that word, all of a sudden we step into the place where we allow ourselves to be washed and we allow ourselves to take action on it and we become a sacrifice, not dead, but living and alive, walking out the concepts and precepts of God Almighty. And all of a sudden he says, your life will start to prove to the world there's something different. Yeah. This can be true. This is real. You feel that faith building in you right now? Glory to God. Jesus, Jesus was anointed 
with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. All that were oppressed. The will of God is for every person to be healed. To break free everyone that was oppressed. Quickly turn to Luke chapter 4. And verse 18. Bless you. Jesus read this. You see, in Isaiah, it prophesied that there would be one that the healing would be because of the bruises that he took. In Acts, we see the end of the story, a synopsis of it, seeing that Jesus fulfilled exactly that prophecy. Jesus became the one by whose stripes we have been healed. And he healed all that were oppressed. And he's still healing all today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus, you can go ahead and, where'd she go? Oh, <laughs> you can go ahead and start playing song. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. Translation, glory to God. Amen. And then it said, Jesus said this in Luke 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. In other words, I'm coming to anybody who's in any kind of lack and I'm going to give them some good news. If you need healing in your body today, if you've got lack anywhere in your life, i got good news for you. And it's not fake. It's real. Yeah. It's real. We've seen it. We've walked in it. We will see it a bunch and a bunch and a bunch of, again. Amen. That's great English. A bunch of it. An overflowing abundance of God's goodness. He said, I'm going to bring good news to anybody who's lacking in anything. So right now, I want you to think about anything that you might have lack in. Anything. Just close your eyes. Anything where you're lacking. See, Jesus didn't put boundaries around this. Limits. He just said, I have good news for anybody that has a need. There's a way out. And I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, Jesus said. He said, there's a way out. And I'm it. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is the freedom of the turmoil, of the mind being racked by fear. Jesus is the freedom of the thoughts that won't stop buzzing. Jesus is the freedom to stop doing that thing that you've been wanting to stop. It's Him. It's all Him. It's Jesus. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. This is God sending Jesus. Do you reckon God knew what He was doing? 
Do you reckon he empowered Jesus enough to get it done? And do you reckon that Jesus was obedient to do it? And he's still doing the same thing today? He sent me to proclaim release to the captive. Whatever you've been captive in, you don't have to be captive anymore. You can walk out of this place today free forever. Never being held captive by that again. Every bondage being broken. And recovery of sight to the blind. That means healing for anything. There was an anointing for healing in there. To set free those who are oppressed. If you're feeling any kind of pressure, oppression at all, Jesus will set you free. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant, sat down. All the eyes were on him. And he began to say, today... This scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. From that day forward, the anointing of God, the kingdom of God, had come down on the earth and it still remains today in every believer. And it remains for you. Today, if you want to be free, Let's talk about some real freedom before we pray for people. The best freedom you can have is to escape the jaws of death, hell, and the grave and move into the body of Christ. Because in the body of Christ, if you just think about it, wouldn't you, didn't everybody always want like to get a phone call someday? You know, the lawyer, knock on your door, get a letter. Man, you had a rich uncle and he was, well, see uh, my life's about to change well guess what I'm telling you exactly that you've got a rich daddy that's been looking for you his name is Jehovah God right he is our good good father his son is Jesus and he shows up and helps you by the Holy Spirit but he has an inheritance for you and when you become a part of the family, you have rights to his house and everything. And healing is one of those rights. Complete freedom is a right of every believer. Automatically, it is a right. No matter what you've been facing, no matter what you've been facing, God wants to reintroduce himself to you this morning. Maybe you've never known him. Maybe, maybe you never had a relationship with Jesus, but you know, to, I need to make that relationship today. I need, I need some freedom. I need freedom. Maybe, maybe you used to know him, but it's been really tough and you hit, a, you hit a bad patch. And life just threw you some lemons and it, it took it out of you. And you hadn't been walking right, but you know it's time for me to walk right it's time for me to straighten up. Whether you like me or not, definitely like God because He loves you. And right now, whether you like me or not, hear these words. He loves you and He wants to empower you to walk right. He wants to break all those bondages over your life. Maybe you sinned. Maybe you just, maybe it wasn't that you didn't know Him. Maybe it was wasn't that life hit you. Maybe you just backslid. You did it on purpose and now, now you just, you need to change. And you know it. 
But today, you can be made a part of the family. Freedom can come. The love of your loving Father can flood your life and everything can be different from this moment on. Not only that, but I promise you, if you receive Christ, your thinking will start to line up. There's something on that today. I don't know who might be watching this now or later. But there's something on your thinking that is, you know it's been messed up, but it's been hard to think any other way. Your thinking will clear up as you receive Him. You will start to hear properly and start to see. Maybe you've been under some kind of demonic oppression. I don't know. But God can fix all of that because there's nothing that's greater than Jesus. But if that's you today, everyone, let's get seated and bow your heads. Everyone bow your head. If that's you today and you want to know Jesus, come into fellowship with Him, make Him your Lord, or you want to come back to Him, get things right. Or you just need some freedom in your life. No matter which one of those three it is, just raise your hand right now so I can see it. And hold it and keep it up. Keep it up. I see those. I see those. Amen. Keep them up just for a second so I can make sure I see everybody. Lord, I want my relationship to be right. Amen, I see those. Now just pray this with me. Just look up here. And just pray this with me. Just say, Father. Say it with your mouth. Father, right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. That means He's the director. He calls the shots, not me, and I'll be obedient. I will follow Him. My choices will change. My life will look different. That's what I'm doing. I'm making Him my Lord. And I believe that He died for me and that He took my mess, my sin, my sickness and it hung on him on the cross and killed him and he went into the grave and I believe that father you brought him back to life physically and when you did you raised him up and you raised me up too and now I am a new creation I receive salvation. I receive healing. I receive prosperity. I receive your protection. I receive your deliverance. Jesus, I receive your freedom. I receive the fullness of salvation. Every bit of it. Holy Spirit, fill me. Overflow me. Empower me to live. And to live abundantly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just bow your head for a second. Now everybody, whether you raised your hand before or not, whether you raised your hand or not, if you prayed just then, and you needed to pray that, you just know it like, Lord, I needed to pray that. Even if you prayed that before, I needed it.
I'm going to pray for you personally. I just want to see who it is that, that prayed that. So lift your hand right now and say, I needed to pray that today. Just lift your hand. Hold it up and keep it up so I can see it. Amen. I'm looking. Keep them up. Keep them up. Lord, I needed that today. Amen. I see those. Lord, for everyone that raised their hand in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you would strengthen them and give them your life and life in abundance, Lord. Let it overflow. Holy Spirit, help them, comfort them. Bring them into the place of your will, Father, and your will only. Let them see your goodness. You are a good, good Father. Lord, strength and grace and peace be multiplied to every person that's here in this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now right now, if you 